0: Like Family with Brenda Donoghue.
1: In this Christmas Eve edition of Like Family, we celebrate a Polish Christmas in Ireland. Agnieszka.
2: And now my mum is passing the bread to everyone, of Watek. and they'll break the bread and say what they wish the person for for next year.
3: Barbara. I take my children, my family, my friends, to one table, sit together, eat together, tell to God, thank you. Now he gives me good life. Monique. Your heart
4: is divided. Like sometimes we say one leg is in Ireland and the other leg is in Poland.
0: And you can join the conversation on Twitter at Brenda Donahue or email brenda at rte.ie.
1: Across Ireland, Polish families of friends are feasting and singing to celebrate Christmas.
5: Today, Że panna czysta, że panna czysta porodziła syna. Chrystus się rodzi nas o swobodzi, nie
2: ligrają
3: króle witają,
2: pasterze śpiewają, bedlętach lękają, cuda, cuda,
6: ogłaszają.
1: Woo-hoo! I'm in the home of Polish couple Karl Magdalena in Castle Rodrin County Wicklow. They met two years ago, and we chat in the kitchen.
7: We met in Ireland, actually okay. during the Valentine party. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> during the and we were dancing whole night together two years ago.
8: And did you
7: know
1: straight away there was something strong here in terms of the connection? I,
8: I said that to Magdalena, like, oh, be careful, like, don't fall in love with me.
1: <laughs> and
8: it's <laughs> like, what, what if I already did?
7: I just answered him and he was in shock like oh my god what did she answer me and it was so funny
8: and next day next day uh, I called her and actually uh, I came over to to the house to see her and we spent the evening together in the chimney
9: Fire in the fireplace.
8: Fireplace. It's Santa Claus is Christmas right yes. uh, show the chimney yeah.
7: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, what's about happen- I was thinking like, oh my gosh, he's nine years younger than me, and my actually my grandmother called me, oh my god it's really trendy right now, or you know singers and actresses, they have a younger you know husband for a moment yeah. so it's amazing.
1: Carl is a chef and the couple have a business called Twisted Dough, a Polish food company with an Irish twist. But tonight, Carl is cooking a Polish Christmas Eve feast for family and friends. Eighteen have gathered around the table.
8: All right, so for start, we have uh, beetroot soup, which uh, is very traditional. And again, it's like uh, inside the beetroot soup, we have uh, mushroom tortellini. We call them uska. Uh, we have uh, pierogi, of course. Also, we have uh, carp. That's that's the fish we always eat. It's traditional. I remember in my home, always been swimming in the in the bath, you know, <laughs> before, before being
1: you know, killed. Know. Everything smells delicious, but food is never served until the first star appears in the evening sky on Christmas Eve as Carl's sister Agnieszka explains.
2: I suppose it goes back to when Jesus was born and there was this star in the sky that was leading the three wise men to the to the crib to where the Jesus was born. So they were following the star. Uh, and so are we, like the Jesus will be born now tonight. So we are waiting for that star to to let us know that Jesus is being born.
1: She shows me the bread that is broken before the meal begins.
2: So we have a poatek, which my mum actually brought from Poland with her, and she always does every Christmas. So it's actually similar to what we take as a, at the communion in the church, a similar kind of bread, but it's obviously, it's not a holy bread, but it is blessed in the church. And now my mum is passing the bread to everyone, a poatek, so everybody's now taking a piece of it and then everybody just approach everyone and they'll break the bread and um, yeah, just say the wishes for what they wish the person for the, for next year. And now Agnieszka, you're breaking bread with your husband. Okay, Andy. so I hope we have a good year. I hope... Um, Everything goes well in your work and all the, every success and that you're going up, 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 up the ladder because you're so great at what you do.
9: And I wish you all the best with your art career and art stuff and I hope that you get as many commissions for the year and that you're happy and that our family grow big together and we get another you house. Yeah, that the kids grow big, that yeah. family yeah. doesn't grow big. Yeah. No, no, we've <laughs> enough kids. We've enough kids. <laughs> no wish for more
1: kids. <laughs> so, Magdalena and the other Magdalena, two friends here, and you're making wishes.
7: My wish uh, to Magdalena is she. I wish you keeping well all the time, you know. Now I'm wishing you lots of success with your singing, and I'm really, really grateful for your support. And <laughs> it's really nice to say in Polish everything, you know, from my heart. And Magdalena, I'm very grateful
10: that you are my life. And I would really like say uh, similar. Uh, it's I'm so thankful. You are here and we can, we can meet so often. We, can, we met each other in our life and can have amazing relationship and can support. Thank you for that. And, you know, I'm so thankful. I, I wish you will, you will have lots of friends around you, amazing family and success with your uh, dumplings uh, and
4: all ideas which you have in
1: your head.
10: Thank, you so, Thank you. so much.
1: Thank <laughs> you. Mm. And <laughs> <laughs> Magdalena, you have, of course, family here, but you also have some friends, and that's very important, too, in terms of the Polish Christmas Eve tradition. Tell me, who's here and why? <laughs> that's our,
7: actually, best friend. I I met them um, on the village, actually. Yes. I met Darius. Darius is a uh, uh, beer producer. Okay. Uh, ha- craft beer and I met him in the village after the week when I move in and he just straight away he took me on his, his home at Magdalena they were very welcome they uh, show me and tell me how the village life looks like it was amazing and um, and then when I figure out Magdalena she has amazing voice <laughs> I oh, we may hear that later that's on right. Magdalena <laughs> that's yes. right and we are support each other you know, sometimes Magdalena, she needs help with the kids. Sometimes we need loads of uh, some help to make a dumplings in mm, the kitchen.
10: Yeah. She's amazing dumpling it's like, maker. It's for me like uh, a travel to my past when when I did dumplings together with my uh, my family. And now I love when I can come and can do the same. And very often I think about that time... When I was in Poland and when we did
1: dumplings together, is it important for you, Magdalena? I don't know if your family are here, but to be part of this Mm -hmm. family here and their tradition—it's they're very. It's a very welcoming feeling, I'm sure.
10: Yeah, that's you know, uh, it's important when we live in not in our country, uh, when we have people who are our family now here. And uh, we are like that with Magda and Carol. We feel support from them, and you know, that's it's very important.
1: Welfare. Guest of honor at the feast is Tala. Carl is her youngest son, and all four of her children now live in Ireland Robert, Arthur, Agnieszka, and Carl. Fifteen years ago, as Poland was joining the European Union, did she imagine? that in 2018 she would be spending christmas eve with her family in county wicklow nie uwierzyłabym w ogóle się nie
2: spodziewałam że tak się stanie że wyjadą że Uh, no she says she would never would have never thought that this will happen uh, if somebody asked her such a long time ago Um, but she is trying to come here every year and spend this time with us so usually she does come every year she didn't come last year she was really sad when she didn't Uh, but she said no she didn't expect that and uh, she does every and each one of us only came here for a few months (laughs)
1: Well, uh uh we hear so many years now. Can you remember when you came to Ireland for the first time to visit your family? What was that like? Uh,
2: she, she loved it, like she always she said, she loved Ireland from the start. But um, it's so much different, even just as a country and the whole landscape. And the first Christmas, the uh, first time she was here in winter. And she says, uh, in Poland, Christmas is it's always a white Christmas, you're always associated with the snow. Where in here, the island is so green, and she couldn't get over And she says, she never forgets that there was in the, the boxes uh, at the windows. There was flowers blooming, <laughs> and she says she she, she still remembers that, that she couldn't get over that that could happen in the winter, and also driving by and seeing cows and sheep in the in the fields eating
1: grass. She says you won't see that in Poland in winter. Do you feel with all your children here and grandchildren that you should come and live in Ireland? Or do you miss them? How do you manage all of that?
2: No, już się przyzwyczaiłam. Of <laughs> course she says, uh, she's used to it now. <laughs> um, she says, we all came, we didn't all come go at the same time, so it was kind of gradual process, so it wasn't that, you know, it would be very difficult, obviously, if we all just disappeared from her life, but it didn't happen like this. Um, she says, we. she comes over quite a lot, and she does see us as much as she can, and we visit her in Poland as well. But as far as coming here, she said she has a, a year, year and a half left working until she retires. So she, she says never say never, but she thinks also she might be too old to, to move, to pack up her bags and move to
6: another
2: country. Talos children and
1: grandchildren are in Ireland but she is in two minds as to where to live when she retires. In Cork, Razim Together is hosting a party for older Polish people who have chosen to live in Ireland. This organisation is 10 years old. It provides legal advice, translation services, education services and psychological therapy. I asked their administrator, Agnieszka, why this organisation was so valuable to the Polish community. We target people who don't speak
11: English, mainly. There are many mainstream services who are available in English, but there's nothing available in Polish or in different Eastern European languages, like maybe Russian, for example. So then we are out there for people who are not able to access mainstream services
1: Irish people know, we know from our own experience that being an emigrant isn't easy. What are the big challenges do you think that people face? You know what,
11: I, we, we've been thinking about that quite a lot, especially during Christmas period. And you know what I'm thinking, what's the most challenging is uh, obviously like, you know, there are different problems, like financial problems, housing issues and stuff like that. But I'd say the most challenging and hurting is that people are dying and new people are born and you have to be aware that you're going to miss all that. The part that is very important, the family part of it. You're away from your family and you're away from the most important things that are happening there. So, yeah, that is very challenging. And that's, it's heartbreaking. That is heartbreaking. So, if we don't have family here... Then, our flatmates, our friends, our co-workers, they become our family, so yeah definitely that's that's it, obviously, on top of the the other issues like housing, which is the major problem in Ireland all across the, across the board,
1: I was surprised to hear how many older people have emigrated from Poland to Ireland. When did you first notice this trend?
11: So I think maybe in around five years ago, it's kind of a started to being more noticeable. Many people came here to work. Many, many, many are working, and they they helping as well with the with the upbringing of the of the grandchildren. So the families are growing in in, in that way. But it's a funny way because it, the new new people are born, but the older people are coming uh, along as well. I find it a little bit surprising. I never thought about it. I'd say you never even yeah. thought that there's any Polish elderly here. Just uh, generally, you'd be thinking that okay, there's just young people coming here to earn money and then go back home. But uh, yeah, it's changing. It's uh, it's it's changing constantly, and there's more kind of a bigger families living here. Uh, Now, so, yeah, uh, parents, children, then
1: grandparents. But why would a person in older age who never learnt English at school uproot their lives and move to a new place? So I think the the
11: grandchildren, that sense of belonging, that sense of having a family, someone uh, who you can look after and someone that looks after you, that's 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 the motivation that will uh, make them travel around the world
1: i'm very much taken with your christmas tree here and you've lots of baubles on it but two that stand out you have a knitted bauble with the irish colours And also one with Polish colours. Yes, yes.
11: Yeah, like you see, we are working toward the integration. So it is very important for us to to support Polish people. But we want to highlight the fact that we are in Ireland. We love being here. And we want to integrate within the Irish community. We want to be a part of
1: Irish community and at the party I meet Barbara who knit those Christmas baubles her grandson Damon is 13 and he tells me all about his grandmother Um, she's very good at knitting. the knitted baubles again
12: (laughs) she makes a load of stuff with the knitting. she made slippers for all the family she sometimes gathers everyone for like Easter and stuff she works, but the way she works is sometimes I can come over to her, we have small dinner, I can sleep over with her. It's just fun like spending time with her. She's kind, she loves everyone. It's just fun to have her.
1: Thank you. Who is this wonderful young man? <laughs> this is my grandson Damon. Yeah. You are so proud
7: of him. Oh, fantastic boy. Fantastic boy. Why? Why? Very good teachers. Uh, for school teachers. Yes. And uh, play for Contrabass.
4: Um,
12: uh, what is this? I play for the Berkshire Youth Band.
7: Kateri
12: yeah, she's it's very proud of, of me, <laughs> because of this.
1: Yeah. Do you feel if you lived in Poland, you'd miss
13: this?
12: You'd miss
7: your grandson? <sighs> you know what she I mean?
12: She just doesn't imagine not seeing me and not seeing all her grand, grandchildren and not talking to them, because... All the family here in Ireland, so why would she want to go back to Poland, where all her family is here and she wants to see everyone?
1: It's your family. It's where they are that is important.
4: Yes, Yes. family. Rodzina to podstawa. I tak wychowywałam
7: dzieci, żeby jedni drugim pomagali. Byli w dobrych i w złych chwilach razem. Uh,
12: she's saying that uh, the way that she, uh, like, taught her children, maybe had their ups and downs in life, but the way that she taught them is that they've always been helping each
1: other, they've been with each other, and just stay as a family. Damon was born in Ireland, but his family is Polish, so does he consider himself Irish or Polish? Well... Back in the days, I thought I was a bit of both because I was born here in
12: Ireland, but all my parents were Polish. But technically, uh, my nationality is Polish, as both of my parents are Polish, and most of my family comes from Poland. So I'm mostly Polish, like I have Polish blood. But I'm living here in Ireland, and I was born
3: here.
1: Do you ever see yourself going to live in Poland?
12: I would say that I don't see myself living in Poland because of different cultures that there is in between the countries. Like I've always like think that Ireland is my home because I was born here. So, I really want to either stay here in
1: Ireland or explore the world. For Damon, Polish is his nationality, but Ireland is his home. <laughs> Luisa is a student at the Polish school in Gardners Hill in Cork. Monique is the principal. So given how many Polish people came to Ireland and so many stayed, where do they feel they belong?
4: It's very, it's very difficult, you know, to, uh, to have like 100% decision, where is your place, you know, because uh, I always think about Poland as a home it's always like that and but when i when i'm in poland i basically go to poland every summer for two months because i'm off from school so i just use the opportunity you know to spend time with family um and then end of uh, end of august i just start to think to come back here and i can't wait as well because it's like another part of your life you know so it's really like your heart is divided you know your heart is divided and it's very hard to decide where like sometimes we say One leg is in Ireland and the other leg is in Poland. And it will stay like that, I think, forever. It will. I think um, the Polish traditions are very important for us. And we try to celebrate the Christmas on Polish way. So the 24th Christmas Eve is the most important for us. Uh, And I think this day is, is the one you really feel... You miss home and you miss the family and uh, maybe you think two and a half hour flight is not much you know you can always go to Poland or someone can come from Poland, but like my mom never was she she never was here and she's afraid to fly so um, sometimes we try to go to Poland but it's not happening very often. Tickets are crazily expensive. But we try to to transfer Polish Christmas to Ireland, to our homes here. And we prepare the table with, with the white tablecloth and with the straw under the tablecloth. And we share the Holy Communion as well. And we cook the 12 traditional dishes. And, uh, the, the, of course, the Christmas tree, it was always the biggest problem in my house because kids... Uh, love to have uh, the christmas tree ready same early same as the as the irish uh, uh, children have but in pol in poland the tradition is that we dress up the christmas tree on christmas eve So it's it's much later than than in Ireland. So we try to compromise and we find, uh, you know, like maybe a week or two before we just prepare the Christmas tree. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, mommy, look, they have the Christmas tree all the neighbors have. Yes, yes. And
4: we would like to have as well. And they have lights and, and they have the Christmas spirit already. And we have to wait. Yes.
1: I feel more than many countries. The Polish people and the Irish people, they're very alike. Would you agree?
4: Um, you know, I know many Pol- uh, many Irish people here. I have loads of friends. And um, except language, I think we are very similar. We are very similar. We like to sit just behind the table. We love to chat. We love to drink. We love to sing. And uh, I think Irish people are very... Uh, they accept Polish people as they are, you know. And uh, I was really grateful when I came here it was years ago and it, it was like big wave of Polish people coming to Ireland and they were very open and they always gave a chance you know to have a job to, to meet people to just you know learn the language and that was really really nice and and uh, We feel like half Irish, half Polish and Polish flag is red and white and Cork flag is red and white as well. So we are closer than we think.
1: Students Mathis and Magdalena were born in Poland and now live in Cork. But their view of the future differs.
13: My family, well, that's kind of complicated because, you see, we never planned to go to Ireland. My dad transferred over here about when I was four and me, my mum and my sister, we were still living in Poland But then, when I was about seven, we moved here because my mum really missed him and she wanted to be around him, so like, she couldn't really not be with him at that point anymore, so we just moved here. So you all came over. Did you speak English at the time? What age were you? Yeah, it was just before my seventh birthday. Mm. I only knew about two words, which was said and cow, (laughs) which was really funny. I can't imagine going into a
1: school and you don't know the language.
13: It was really difficult uh, but I remember there was this one girl there and she always kind of took care of me so like if I didn't know what to say something like I'd have to mime to her and then she'd be like oh yeah okay and whatever and she'd help me but um, then after a while she actually helped me a lot with my English so then I just kind of picked up from what she was teaching me and it was just good then. Uh,
12: Both my parents are Polish but uh, my sister was born here.
1: Okay but you were born in Poland? Yeah I was born in Poland. Why did they come here?
12: Uh, they came here for uh, financial reasons. It was just more money here.
1: Which do you identify most with, do you think?
12: Uh, I think I'd mostly kind of identify myself as Irish because I came here as a really small baby, so I don't really know how life in Poland feels like. And, uh, well, my cousins always tell me how it is, and I think it's harder in Poland than it's here.
1: And do you have a pull or a draw to go there and live there? Uh
12: no, not really.
13: I was born in Poland, raised for six years in Poland, so I count myself as a Polish person like like a Polish citizen, basically, but then again, like I live in Ireland for like most of my life, so it's kind of complicated. I would like to go back to Poland in a couple of years, so like i I really want to like not see like the <laughs> how we talk in English and in Polish. I would like to kind of just stop with the English and like just learn how to just talk properly in Polish so that in a couple of years time when I come back, I don't want to be beha- like have any trouble with talking in Polish at all. I just want to kind of, you know, talk normally. In my house, we kind of developed this different language, which is literally we call it Ponglish, which is literally we talk in Polish. And then if we don't know word in Polish, we switch to English. If we are talking in English and we don't know word in English, we switch to Polish and it's just how we talk like it's just how we get along if we don't understand something like my sister she was talking to me a couple of days ago and she was looking for something and she was like she literally just goes white butelka and i was like what and she just was like white butelka and i was like which means white bottle but she just forgot to say like bottle so she just butelka and i was like oh my god I was so confused but like that's just how we get along it's just how things are
6: We
1: hear the younger children singing for Santa in the school hall for the past 5 years Santa has arrived at this school thanks to the Hairy Fellows, a group of Polish bikers.
4: It's tradition, really, so every year the kids are waiting for them and, you know, it's just... I can't imagine the the Christmas without them, you know? No, I can't.
1: Adam is one of those Hairy Fellows and they do a lot of charity work they help each other and the wider Polish community. And I ask him if being a hairy fellow biker is like having another family in Ireland. It is. I think so.
9: it is another family in Ireland. I think so. That's what's happening anyway. Yes. When we meet each other, we just sit down, talk about the bikes, and something clicks, and we are friends.
1: What do you get personally from being involved in the hairy fellows?
9: What gives me happiness? I can ride with the lads. We we meeting with each other. What gives me the happiness? And I'm happy that I met the, all of the lads. That's my family. That's my real family, and I believe it. That they're thinking s- exactly the same. What I said right now here. If you go separate to every one of them, they will tell you the same. That we are one big family. And being with each other is, is a happiness, I think. So.
1: Adam has been in Ireland since he was a teenager. So where does he belong now? And where does he want to live? Ireland. Why? It's hard to say why. I'm here so
9: long and I'm so used to it for this kind of life. I was 19 years of age when I was leaving Poland, so I was only a child, like, you know, so I didn't really know the life. So all my life... When I started, it's actually starting in here. I was only the child in Poland. I'm having great fun and everything, but I reckon living in Ireland for myself anyway is way easier. I have a job. We have a business set up. Like it's, I think it's easier and... It's easier. It's for me, it's easier. No, okay. Nothing else What I can say is only easier. You have two children. Two children.
1: And do they see themselves as Irish or Polish
9: uh, the girl, she's a four, year, four years old, she's a four years old, and it's very hard, she speaks Polish, English, something in between, so when she's talking to me, she's speaking one word in Polish, one word in English, uh, she's gonna be more Irish than Polish, I think so, and the boy, I think so, he'll be more Irish, anyway, because he grew up here, he was born in here, he grew up here with all the Irish school, and he's learning Irish, he's he has Irish friends, like the standard child, and I think so, There yeah, he'll be more more Irish than Polish. He loves Poland, he loves to go the, to, to the grandmother for the holidays, but his home isn't here, and I think so he knows that anyway, and he recognises himself as a Irish.
1: It's time for the bikers to leave, and for the children to practise their carols. Years immediately after Poland joined the EU, young Polish people flocked to Ireland. With the crash of 2008, many returned home. Their Irish adventure was over, but others stayed. In Limerick, I meet Barbara. Barbara brought me back 12 years to when she followed her husband to Ireland. Like many Polish people, he'd come here for work but settling was difficult for her and their school-going children.
3: It was uh, very hard when I come here. One year I cry every day. When I wake up and I see where I am, I cry. I miss to my home. Did you have any English? Little, uh, little, uh, like very simple words, yes. few words. <laughs> this is not, was not uh, very hard uh, for me because when I go to shop like uh, uh, markets, so I take everything what I need, only I understand how much I have to pay. Mm. So I understand this. Did you know anything about Ireland before you came? I know, uh, because before I come here, uh, I look in from internet uh, mm. how uh, people live here, about weather, and this is uh, was very bad for me when I come here and, uh, like around 5 months uh, uh we have uh, uh, rain everyday here so i can't believe i sometimes sometimes i think god where are you 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 forgot people live here where is the sun i have little depression because like i tell you i uh, cry uh, one year everyday and this is uh, weather was uh, very bad like yes. rain everyday because i come here in september so this is start Rain. so this is very bad for me like what were you thinking why were you sad
1: what was making it every so hard
3: every day i think about uh, like make money and back to poland my uh son who have 8 year, years uh, one time in the in the night uh, he cry he said mom when uh, after 12 years, is difficult <laughs> Yes. He asked me, "Mom, we come, uh, we back to Poland, and again I will be have same friends, have, uh, same teacher, because for him was very hard because he don't understand any words yeah. in school, and he have to go to school. One year, uh, him uh, teacher, she said she never uh, hear him voice, uh, and but she said he understand her because uh, what she tell to him." He doing everything what uh, she tell spirit. him. Yes. yes, but she said one year she don't uh, hear him voice. For him was very very difficult. Uh, he missed to Poland. Uh, so before he go sleep, he asked me, when, Mom, when we, uh, when we back to Poland?" I said, uh, "Soon." And he asked me, "When I back to Poland, I will be have same uh, school, same teacher, f- same friend." We cried together. I said, "Yes." After
1: one year. But Barbara stayed and she settled in and so did her children. She weathered the worst of the recession. Her marriage ended and she moved into private rented accommodation. But when the house was repossessed, Barbara was served with a notice to quit. 18 months ago, she found herself sucked down into Ireland's worsening housing crisis. She ended up living in a hotel with her sons.
3: This is was a very difficult living in hotel because uh, we don't have a kitchen, we don't have a wash machine. So this is problem looking where I have to wash my clothing in hotel. We live, I have to spend money because sometimes people they said, look, but you can keep money, you don't uh, have to pay for bills. I said, look. But I have to go uh, eat outside uh, every day. Breakfast, lunch, supper in a restaurant. So I spent more money, mm-hmm. all money for, for eat outside mm-hmm. and uh, for storage when I keep, uh, where I keep my stuff. And how did you feel yourself? Oh my God. I never have a situation before in my life uh, like live without house. With children, this is, was very, very difficult. We have one room in a hotel. Before when I go sleep, I cry in a, a toilets because I don't want a sure child. I'm upset. I'm weak, so I want show sure I'm strong. I don't want show sure to child. But when I go sleep, I hear my children. They cry because we have one room. So I hear. Next day, I asked my son, who have 16 years, 15, this time when we lose house, I s- asked him, you cry last night, I hear you. He said he have friends from school, from place where we live. He said uh, they asked me where we live, because they see his house is was empty. And he said he shine, uh, tell to friends, we live in hotel, we homeless. He said this is very hard to him answer every day where you live. They think they stop uh, meet with him, they stop uh, talk with him like he was some someone uh, not good friend. I don't know. My children they was very emotional. I tell you when we lose house when we go to hotel, my older son he lose 10 kilo weight because he don't like it uh, outside before uh, he like my food, like soup, meat, potato. We cook little different, so he don't like uh, eat outside. And what were you eating outside? Something cheaper, something fast food. And uh, this is not enough for uh, for person. This money, what I have, so I give money only for children. I don't eat six months nothing like uh, outside. I never eat uh, breakfast, lunch or supper. I eat only uh, sandwich in hotel, cereals, something like what I can't eat in hotel. Mm. Because I don't have fridge, nothing. I don't have cooker. I can't cook. So I never eat outside. I only give money because not enough for for a person. Did you ever think... Will this end?
1: Will I get out of this?
3: Every day I have hope. I never lose hope. Uh, like uh, I got house, I back to normal uh, life. I never lose hope. This is hard, uh, like for mother, because I. If I uh, lose house, this is uh, easier, because th- this happened for me, but for is uh, happen for my children. This is hard, because I see children. They. They said, Have you a very strong faith in God because you have talked about praying? All the time. Sometimes, maybe after one year, like I go down, I ask God, You forgot about my children because not for me, for my children. This is hard. Look like for mother, for child, face, eyes. They sat, they asked me, what are you doing? Every day when they back back uh, from school, they ask me, I have uh, good news. This was very hard. I'm positive. God, he never leave me. Many times I go sleep without food. Many times my stomach pain because I have to keep money for next day. For my children go to a restaurant, eat something. Many times when they make order, they get pizza or something like this. Some uh, they ask me every day uh, first, mommy, you eat something? I said I'm okay. I'm uh, I'm eat before. I'm I'm okay. And many times I think maybe they leave something. So you will eat?
1: Yes, they think you need to eat, and they leave.
3: Yes, I lose a lot of weight. I know God. He never leave me because He give me power for child. Last month, the charity
1: Novus helped Barbara move into her new home. She explains what happened.
3: When uh, first time give me address in July, 20 July was this day, when she gave me address where, where, uh, where she found a house for my family, I am so happy, I think, about what I do in the garden, what I do in uh, home. I can't sleep, I... I ring to my friends, I said, look, before I can sleep because I'm homeless, now I can sleep because I'm so happy. I cry more than before because I'm happy, believe me. I'm positive I make nice house for children. How have your children been since they moved into this home? They was very happy, very happy. We, uh, before we... Uh, when I got uh, address a few months before we move here, we come here maybe three times in the week only for looking how look. We know this is uh, make a different life, better life for us. I feel like I win in lotto. I feel very fresh, very different. Uh, like I'm so happy. This is place like from my uh, life when I was a child. When I talk with my sister from Poland, I said, this is place like I remember when I was a child. Tell her I hear uh, birds. Birds? Yes. yes.
1: What is your favorite thing? The thing you like the most?
3: Gardens. Because uh, when I live in a hotel, I don't have place for uh, when we have uh, summer, nice weather. I can't go outside, sit in a chair or a bench. And take sun. I'm so happy I have garden. Tell me about this
1: Christmas and what it means to you now having a home for your family.
3: I won't uh, take people who helped me when I was homeless, when I was uh, very poor. So I won't take for Christmas these people who helped me because I can take my children, my family, my friends to one table, sit together, eat together tell to god thank you now he give me good life so i never forgot thank you nobody can give me something better or for my children better like
5: house
1: Despite the recession, Peter also stayed in Ireland. He runs a bakery, cafe and coffee roasting business with his Irish partner, Frank.
0: To the left, we have green coffee sacks, uh, which is full of green coffee, and that's coffee that's before it's roasted.
1: Cloudpickercoffee.ie was established as a response to the recession, as Frank explains.
0: Through the recession, there was kind of a a realisation that you don't have to buy everything. You can be, you know, self-sufficient and we can actually roast our own coffee. It doesn't have to come off, you know, a boat or, you know, we can we can do this ourselves. And that's what we did.
1: Peter and Frank are partners in love as well as business. Let's ask a big
6: question. What attracts them to each other? Oh, God, (laughs) big question, massive question. Yeah, but a good one. You know, you don't often get to talk about your partner in an open way, so it's a good opportunity yeah Frank's just extremely generous and loving person I think that's the most important thing very funny as well very witty Uh, you you, you see it yourself but it's also you also see it through the eyes of your friends and I think that's what friends love about Frank your turn (laughs) 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 Um,
0: when I met Peter I always remember the, the biggest thing for me was just how hard working he was um I know everyone works hard, but he just had some... There was a drive that I hadn't seen in other people. So I guess it's it's just that thing of knowing that someone's not going to let you down, that you can always always count on them. You know, that's the biggest thing. You know, he's loyal. He's 100%, one million percent loyal. And he loves me very much.
6: Just about to now, <laughs> Peter explains how he came to Ireland. Well, I was only coming here for one summer, but... The second I got a job here and I was able to provide for myself, everything just clicked, you know. Um, Absolutely fell in love with Irish people, with society, with customs, with traditions, with the crack. And I just haven't looked back since.
1: Frank, how did you come across Peter?
6: Um, It was
0: 2005, August 2005, 13th of August. Mm. And we met in a nightclub, a straight nightclub. Mm-hmm. Two weeks later, Peter had his toothbrush in my apartment, and never looked back. <laughs> By the fourth of December, we'd gone traveling.
6: Uh, when I met Frank, I wasn't even out. I only came out because I met Frank. I think, I believe so. You know, I I, I was scared of coming out. Obviously, I knew I was gay. Uh, I was absolutely petrified of coming out. But then, just you know, meeting someone and and getting together with with someone. As great as Frank. It just gave me that support and I was like, This this is this is what I'm doing. His mum thought he was going off travelling with his Australian friends.
0: But, to, uh, South America. to South America, but in the background sure, I was happening and he was coming up going to Asia with myself. <laughs> yeah. So then he called his mum and let his mum know that he was going to Asia and he was a gay man. <laughs> <laughs> not going to Australia at all. Um mm. and she it sent wasn't. her brother over to save him and bring him back and the brother came over and saw that I didn't have two heads and went back to Poland, reported that I was normal enough. And she rocked up then when we come back from her travel. She rocked up in May. And I'll never forget seeing her coming up the corridor of the apartment block because when I opened up the door, I saw her coming up and she had her head. Her head was down at her feet. She was so depressed at the fact that she coming to visit you know, her gay son and the boyfriend.
6: Two hours later, we're all... <laughs> Drinking vodka I Do you sl- know Three of us Crying <laughs> yeah. Uh, So yeah You know they're, they're big moments And Every gay person Will mm. tell you It's never easy Coming out And it's not You know You had your own story Frank mm-hmm. You had your own Difficult times You know yeah. uh, I actually think I had it easy mm.
1: So Peter said he he had it relatively easy was, mm. did you struggle a bit more with it or was it more complicated
0: I think because I, I came from a very religious background even though my parents were quite liberal but my my mum was my mum was Sister Columba and my, my dad was Brother Fabian so they'd been through the orders and you know my dad hadn't left till he was my age now actually he was 42 when he left I'm 41 but he was 52 when he had me and uh a, from being Donegal. Donegal is quite religious, but on top of that, then both my parents were quite religious. It was huge pressure on you know, following the church, um, but to a, to a, an easy sense, to your conscience and to, you know, if you pray hard enough, Jesus can save you. you know, I actually even went to Medjugorje and uh, I said to a priest in, in our confessions and I came out to him and he his advice was to marry young and she'll never know. To which I just thought, I can't do that. That's someone's daughter, that's someone's sister. That's, you know, that that's just not something that I could do. My third year in college, I came to the realisation, this is it. I am who I am. I have to love myself. So that was kind of the, the turning point then in third year into fourth year. And in the fourth year, I started to come out to close friends.
1: Because you both come from a background where you obviously suppressed the fact that you were a gay man. Mm. Did that give you both a deeper understanding
6: of each other? Yes, I think so. I think so. We immediately felt we had quite a lot in common. Mm. Um, But on the the other side of that, though, is you kind of don't, you
0: forget all about that very quickly and you kind of... Mm. You've now moved on, you've now shed your skin, you're now this, so you don't reflect back to that. So you, you're kind of starting afresh. So mm. Peter is of this new world, if you like, not of the old world. So you, you're moving on with that.
1: So you're now married?
6: Most of most of the sort of married couples say that their wedding was amazing, but ours was truly amazing, you know. Uh, yeah, there was, a, I guess there was a good mix of, of Polish and Irish and Maybe
0: naively, we mix the drinking traditions and we put a bottle of vodka on each table. And we as, well a, as, a as well as bottle of wine. As well as wine. And in hindsight... <laughs> so the got so
6: absolutely drunk on <laughs> vodka because they don't really do shots of vodka during their meal. And Polish got absolutely very drunk on wine because we don't tend to drink wine during dinner. <laughs> <So> <laughs> uh, but listen, it worked out well. Everyone just had great time.
1: Did your mum do it, that big full circle thing? Where she was now.
6: Oh my God. Yeah. Like, I mean, front at row, that stage, very important. At that stage, if if her friend's son wasn't gay at all, it just wasn't cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Total full circle. When I was coming to terms with being gay, I was like, okay, that's it. And I will not be getting married. You know, and, and there we were a few years later. So it was a big day for me. What about you, Frank? I do remember driving up to Donegal,
0: the day before the wedding and the the rain was lashing down and we literally had to on the m1 we were slowing down traffic was really going slow and it was just pelting down rain and then the day of our wedding was just splitting the rocks um we got married in this place called the beach house which is just down on down in bunkrana i went to school in the convent there might that's where my dad would have been the secondary school teacher vice principal and um just to be back in that area was just amazing, just to have kind of come full circle in a way. Mm-hmm. I never thought I'd marry in Donegal, but I never thought I'd marry a man in Donegal. Um, so Did the whole never thing. You marry a Polish man in Donegal? No. <laughs> 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 so uh, yeah, it was a big day.
1: I'm thinking it must have been, apart from the drink, a very emotional <laughs> day.
6: Yeah, it was. It was. It was very emotional day. It, it but it was happy emotional yeah. day. You know, it was. That's what I mean. I mean, it yeah. must have been a
1: very joyful.
6: Experience. It, it was. It was, and you know, just to have everyone around there and and my mum coming full circle and being this proud, you know, mother of the groom, like sitting in the first row, just amazing, amazing, amazing. Mm-hmm. She loved it. Commitment, it was a huge thing for mum, you know, her marriage was amazing. So I think she was. Ex- she she always wanted her sons to have great marriage as well. So so when it was happening, I think she just thought, this is it, you know, it's great.
1: So you're now married, as we've established very clearly. Um, but if you were living in Poland, are same-sex couples allowed marry?
6: No, they're not. Um, they're not, so we wouldn't be able to enter into a sort of legal same-sex relationship. Uh, obviously, they are same-sex couples uh, you know living in Poland and I mean there's loads of people that have kids together you know same sex couples have having kids together and, and and all of that but it's just not legalized so they exist of course they exist mm. but they're not legally recognized mm. we're protected story. as a family unit whereas mm. in Poland we're not protected as a family That's unit and this yes. is it and so every bigot then has yeah. a right to be negative towards you yeah, because you have no protection whereas we do have protection yeah. right here. And we're this recognized. is, this is we recognise, this is it.
1: Peter, does that fact make you feel closer to Ireland? The fact that you and Frank are protected, that you can live your lives mm. as a couple?
6: Absolutely. Mm.
1: Of course, Christmas is about family and belonging. So, Peter, uh, who is your family and where do you belong now?
6: You know, I, I belong here and I belong here with, with, with my husband. This is... This is this is my family. And then we have the blood family that come over here and and they get to enjoy, you know, our family and our traditions. And mm-hmm. we now have our own small little traditions. Yeah. Um, and that's what's beautiful, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think we're our own units in that respect. Like, without turning on the waterworks, like I both lost both my parents when I was much younger. So there isn't that sort of, you know, I don't have that feeling of that's my real family. My family is with Peter yeah. um and our dogs. That's the main nucleus. And then after that it's our close friends. Of course I have siblings, very close to my brother not alone, and his wife and his kids. But I think the main nucleus is myself and Peter and the two dogs. And then you know, you close the door at night and it's you, it's you that's us, you know
6: four of us. Yeah. That's our family.
2: Well, we have uh, some traditional cakes, so we have the poppy
1: seeds um, cake. Back in Castle Ruddery, County Wicklow, dessert has been served. As we come to the end of the the meal, when we think about home and family, does it matter whether it's Ireland
2: or Poland? Not at all, because we don't really know what's outside these walls. So we are inside and we have such a... Yeah, lovely company here, and we have family, we have friends. Um, no matter where you are, you know, just as long as you, you, you're doing this together as a family, it's very homeless. No matter where you are,
7: it's de- it depends with whom you are around, with your friends and family. Like keeping together, wishing, you know, all the best to each other. That's the most important thing,
10: no matter where you are. I would like to sing um, a very traditional uh, carol. Okay. Uh, it's from my area in the central of Poland. And when I hear that it, something was happening with my heart and, and I feel I have to know and I would like to sing that for my family and, and friends. Okay. And today for you also, Brenda. Thank you so much. Thank you. O oh, zelone
5: Thanks
1: to all who told me about their lives in Ireland. Thank you for listening. This programme was produced by Eileen Hearn and I wish you and yours, wherever you are in the world tonight, a very peaceful Christmas.
5: A oni go się zlękli A oni go się zlękli Aś na kolana klękli Aś na kolana klękli Pytać go się nie śmieli Pytać go się nie śmieli, gdzie pana soka śmieli, gdzie pana soka mieli, A pan lezał we żłobie. A pan leżał we żłobie i nie miał nic na sobie, i nie miał nic na sobie i na Ino i łat panny darowane ład panny darowane w zasłem pomagały. Wozosłem pomagałe, parom go ogrzewałe, parom go ogrzewałe.